You're listening to the Quince podcast. Seventeen months after the Galwan Valley standoff, India-China relations have moved from a deadlock to now a breakdown, as the 13th round of core commander talks failed to reach any agreement. On 11th October, after India-China met at the Moldo border for the talks, both blamed each other for the failure to conclude the disputed hot springs area, and exchanged sharp words in their statements. The Indian Army squarely blamed China in their statement, which said that "quote unquote." The Chinese side was not agreeable and also could not provide any forward-looking proposals. In response, China criticized India, saying that "quote unquote" instead of mischaging the situation, the Indian side should cherish the hard-won situation in India-China border areas. And ahead of the 13th round of talks, India-Chinese PLA forces had also been facing off at the tense border, with the latter intruding the LSE as recently as 28 September in the Tawang sector in Arunachal Pradesh. with reportedly over 150 troops but with the talks now reaching a stalemate over the hot springs area and both sides refusing to disengage troops where do india china border talks stand should we expect a more militarized lac in the coming winter months and what should india's strategy be now to counter china's growing assertiveness in the region for this we spoke to leading china expert and professor in chinese studies at jawaharlal nehru university shrikant kondapalli You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. The 13th round of talks between the two countries comes on the heels of repeated intrusions by Chinese PLA troops in the past month. Starting from 31st August, more than 100 PLA soldiers entered Uttarakhand's Barahoti region. According to a Hindustan Times report, the PLA troops damaged a footbridge before retreating to their site. And then on 28 September, over 150 soldiers entered Arunachal Pradesh's Yangtze near the Tawang region, and according to an Indian Express report, even had a minor altercation with the Indian troops. Now, coming back to the talks, both sides blamed the other for the failure. The Indian delegation at the 13th round of talks was led by Lieutenant General P J K Menon and Major General Louis Lin led the Chinese side. This round of talks was focused on the hot springs area also known as petroling point 15 or PP15 which is the last friction point the Indian army wants to resolve as disengagement has been completed in the other areas according to the Indian army statement it made quote unquote constructive suggestions and emphasized that resolution of the remaining areas would facilitate progress in bilateral relations However, China's defense ministry in a statement released just a few hours after the meeting slammed India for persisting in its quote-unquote unreasonable and unrealistic demands which added difficulties to the negotiations. And in Global Times, which is China's Communist Party mouthpiece, a statement read that India quote-unquote will not get the border the way it wants and that if quote-unquote India starts a war, it will definitely lose. Shrikant Kondapalli says that China's statements reflect a breakdown in communications between the two sides given that notes regarding statements are exchanged well before they are published. Uh, well I think these are quite extreme uh, positions the PLA statements have mentioned the unreasonable unrealistic uh, expectations of India uh, and uh, more caustic comments were from the Global Times which stated about the um that india will not get a border that it wants to uh, 
uh, and uh, also that the current state of affairs on the border uh, in the past one and a half years. Uh, so the, it reflects to a uh, breakdown in communication between the two. Uh, in general, the notes are exchanged well before. Uh, and so it is surprising that they have used these words, uh, which means that there is a, a problem in communication between the two sides. So that is a very um, significant comment the Global Times has made, which means there is no going back or going back uh, on China's strength. So that is uh, um, the statement from Global Times was, uh, New Delhi needs to be clear about one thing. It will not get the border the way it wants. Uh, if it starts a war, it will definitely lose. Any political maneuvering and pressure will be ignored by China. So that comment um, indicates that uh, there is no further discussion uh, on that issue. And they want to start from their strength points. In previous core commander level talks, both sides agreed to back down in four out of the six friction points, which were PP-14 in Galwan Valley, PP-17A in Kokra Post, and the de-escalation of patrolling troops on the north and south banks of Pengongso. Now, PP-15, which is the Hot Springs area, has been a point of contention in previous talks as well. According to an NN Express report from April this year, China had agreed to pull back troops, but then later refused to vacate the area. However, both sides in April agreed to reduce their troop strengths from a company level, which is about 100 to 120 soldiers, to a platoon level, which is around 30 soldiers along with military vehicles. According to an Indian Express report, PP-15 was an important post even during the 1962 conflict, where it served as a company headquarters for the Indian Army. And the report further states that PP-15 is an area in which both the sides agree on the alignment of the LAC. So, why is China refusing to budge on the Hot Springs area? What strategic significance does it hold? Mr. Kondapalli, Vaisen. As you remember, the, uh, the, since the March-April last year, the, uh, the tension points were at Galwan, uh, tension points were at Hot Springs, uh, tension points were, because there were frequent, um, uh, you know, pushover, uh, throwing stones. Uh, and then on June 15th, you had these uh, barbed wire fencing bats and uh, stale, uh, the the nails started, uh, you know, bats. Uh, and of course, there were also these reports about stowing thrones and, you know, smashing heads. So the hot springs here, the importance is the geopolitical location because that would have given passages to the uh, southbound and the northbound. Northbound towards the DBO, Daulat Beg Oldi, uh, and southbound towards the Pankungso. So it is strategically located in two directions, north and south. Um, north is important because from DBO to the foothills of the Karakoram ranges, that is petrol point one to 10 roughly, those points have to be protected by the, by the military movements. So the road that was built between uh, Darbuk Shiok and the DBO, that would have fed the troops up to the Karakoram ranges, the southern uh, foothills of the Karakoram ranges. So hot spring is midway, and so it would have equal, you know, kind of equidistant between the north and the south. So that is the strategic significance of hot springs. Um, because the Chinese are today not vacating this, so it would have consequences for supplying troops 
if there is a situation in DBO or north of DBO in terms of the Karakoram ranges. China's reluctance to disengage at hot springs is concerning, given that it has now started building infrastructure on their side of the border. On the eve of the meeting, Army Chief of Staff General Naravani at an India Today conclave said that the build-up by China in the eastern Ladakh region is a matter of concern and signals that they are, quote-unquote, here to stay. Both sides currently have 50,000 to 60,000 troops each, along with artillery guns, air defence assets and tanks at the border. Responding to a question, General Naravani added that the build-up of forces along the border suggests that the Chinese are here to stay for a second continuous winter and that, quote-unquote, we will be in a kind of a line-of-control situation, similar to the India-Pakistan border. Mr. Kondapoli agrees that a militarized LAC in the winter months is a possibility, but believes that both India and China will not be able to afford the heavy troop deployment and military resources required for the long term. That seems to be a short-term view, uh, and possibly we may be headed in that direction. But in the medium to long term, I do not think China can afford this. Uh, India can afford this to completely militarize the border areas. Uh, it's simply not uh, practical uh, uh, because of the kind of uh, elevation we have and oxygen content issues. Uh, Chinese have reported several casualties, including their commander, uh, Chang Shutong, uh, and others. So there is a problem with this uh, approach of militarization. The end game is not a war between China and India uh, because China and India cannot afford this. Two of these are largest. Uh, China is the second largest economy while India is the sixth largest economy in the world. So you have a huge industrial backup and I do not see any end to war uh, if they wage a war between the two sides. So they will have to come to the negotiating table one time or the other. Now, previous to the deadlock at the 13th round of talks, diplomatically, everything pointed towards India-China resolving the border issues. On the sidelines of the Shanghai Cooperation Summit in Dushanbe on 17 September, External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar met with his Chinese counterpart Wang Yi, and both, according to a Hindu report, agreed that the ongoing disagreement at the LAC has left the relations in a quote-unquote low ebb. And in a series of tweets, Jay Shankar stated that, quote-unquote, China must not view India through the lens of its ties with other countries. Both sides agreed at Dushanbe that resolving the standoff was essential for any progress in bilateral relations. However, it is important to note that though both sides agree on resolving the issue, they see it differently. For example, in July this year, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi stated that, quote-unquote, the responsibility does not lie with the Chinese side for the border crisis, which is a stark contrast to the MEA's statement on China not adhering to the border agreements of 1993 and 1996. Now, unlike Pakistan, India's China policy has largely been a, quote-unquote, wait and watch. But is that the right way forward? Do we need to change our policy given China's intrusion in Tawang just 10 days after Dushanbe and the agreements now breaking down? Mr. Kondapalli believes that a military approach to the problem is not conducive for both the countries. He adds that in the long term, India can add more pressure through partnerships such as Quad and military advancements like theatre commands. I think because of the kind of terrain we have between India and China, I do not think there is a scope for conflict. For instance, uh, the, the mountainous kind of warfare requires 8 is to 1 uh, kind of ratio, which the Chinese do not have right now. That is, China requires uh, eight troops, eight soldiers to one Indian soldier in order to win that situation. 
here soldiers would also mean military equipment, overall uh, military power. Uh, they need to have eight is to one in mountainous terrain, which currently they don't have. And I do not think they will have uh, in future as well. So I do not see this as a long-term uh, solution for China or India. Um, India simply has to defend its mountains, uh, mountain passes and mountains, uh, and, uh, you know, kindly sit here and, uh, you know, develop the regions uh, with the strategic roads and others. So this is terrain-specific kind of suggestion, uh, but we are actually facing a pounding pressure from China, both on the continental and the maritime in the Indian Ocean region. Uh, so there is actually, we are at war with China at, right at the moment. Uh, this is, of course, is uh, quite a big pressure, especially in the light of the COVID-19 disruptions and our effort to maintain economic growth rates uh, and so on. So this came at a very bad time. Uh, and so obviously, number one is strengthening the conventional and nuclear deterrence, number one. Number two, the multilateral uh, you know, initiatives like the Quad, which can provide at least some uh, cushion in the maritime zones so that we can focus on the continental. So the internal balancing, such as theater commands or the other internal balancing mechanisms that are in place, and so that would uh, continue. Though no agreement was reached regarding the hot springs area, the Indian statement read that both sides have quote-unquote agreed to maintain communications and also to maintain stability on the ground. However, with no resolution or future talks in sight, the relations between the two countries has reached a deadlock again. Follow The Quint on our social media channels to stay updated with the story. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 